0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! I'm revved up and so excited to share with you today a very special guest calling in from Fairhope, Alabama, Kyle LaDuke. Hey, Kyle, welcome to Cars Yeah! Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: I am. I'm definitely open to uh, this new opportunity and talking to you about what we do in the crazy off-road (laughs) truck.
0: Absolutely. And in a crazy world, and as I'm saying that to you, are you buckled up? No doubt you've heard that many times if you strapped yourself into that insane truck. And we're going to learn more about that in a minute. But I want to start by asking you this, Kyle. What's one thing that most people maybe don't know about you? Um, I probably have to
1: say that we build our own trucks. Um, I think it's fairly unique. A lot of people purchase trucks or Buy older cars, Um, we tend to be the innovative ones in the sport and build and develop our own trucks literally from scratch. So start with a wall full of tubing and uh, turn it into a race car and go win races with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, let me give you a proper introduction here. Kyle Leduc is a six-time Pro4 Lucas Oil off-road racing champion. He grew up around his father's race shop. He raced downhill mountain bikes with his brother Todd, winning championships along the way. At the age of 20, Kyle decided to build his own racing truck, and he entered his first off-road race. And in 2003, he earned the title of Pro-Lite World Champion, the first of many wins to come. And in 2004, he took the title again and moved into the Pro 4 category. With 99 plus victories to date, no doubt there's more championships in his future to come. He's a hands-on driver who loves being elbow deep, In dirt and grease, as he mentioned in the intro. Kyle is an ambassador for the WD40 brand. He's an avid user of their products on his racing trucks and in his shop. We'll be back in just a minute to talk more with Kyle about what he's doing and the kind of fun he's having. But first, a word from our valued sponsors that make this show possible. Please give them a listen and support them. They are why we are here today. Sit tight. We'll be right back. Do you have a pet in your household that loves to go for a ride? Our pets are part of our families, but they can be very hard on your vehicle's interior. Well, Covercraft has you covered. They offer a wide variety of solutions to protect your vehicle's interiors from Fido's rough treatment. Canine cargo area covers are padded for comfort and provide door-to-door protection. Pet pads have built-in features to keep cargo areas and seats protected. Covercraft solutions cover cargo areas, bucket or bench seats, and protect from damaging claws pet fur, hair, mud, moisture, and that occasional drool from permanently damaging your vehicle's delicate surfaces. Choose from a variety of styles and colors that cover almost every vehicle made. Is your dog getting a little old? Covercraft even has a pet ramp so your trusted companion can get himself into and out of your vehicle. Here's something special to you from me at Cars Yeah! If you go to Covercraft.com and use the code YEAH120, Y-E-A-H 120, you get 10% off your Covercraft order. Go to Covercraft.com today and use the code ya 120 and you'll get this special 10% off. Tell Fido it's from me. That's Covercraft.com. Use ya 120 at checkout. Covercraft, they've got you covered. Woof. American Collectors Insurance. That's how I now protect my Porsche Turbo. The one I call my orange crush. Are you insuring your classic vehicles on your regular daily driver auto policy? then your special vehicles are at risk. Your regular auto insurance carrier won't tell you how much you'll get until after a claim, and more than likely, you'll be in for a rude awakening. With agreed value policy from American Collectors Insurance, you'll be paid your vehicle's full agreed value. No surprises. If you're driving your collector car less than 5,000 miles a year, Do what I did, call American Collector's Insurance and get your very own agreed value policy tailored to your specific vehicle. If you're like me, you're picky about who works on your special ride. A great policy allows you to choose your repair shop of choice, and that means you'll know the job is done right. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collector's Insurance. They've been protecting vehicles since 1976. Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI, yeah, that's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love. I did at American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Hey, Mark Green here. I want to invite you to an exclusive virtual wine tasting event that I'm hosting on Wednesday, August 26th at 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. You've heard me talk about Adobe Road Wineries' The Racing Series here on Cars Yeah! For this exclusive event, I have invited some of my fellow automotive enthusiasts and past Cars Yeah! guests to join us. McKeel Haggerty and Wayne Carini will share their love of classic cars. Lynn St. James will be providing insights on racing. And you'll learn about the challenges of choosing best in show from Jeff Love and David Lillywhite, editors of the Magnificent Magneto magazine with their virtual online concourse. When you purchase two bottles of the racing series, you'll get a private invitation to this exclusive Zoom event that centers at Adobe Road Winery, where vintner and endurance racer Kevin Buckler and his winemaker Garrett Martin will share the secrets of their unique racing series wines. Having enjoyed these delicious blends, I promise you're going to love the Racing Series. Here's how you join. Your purchase of two bottles from the Racing Series get you in the virtual door. Use the code UNICEF, all capitals, U-N-I-C-E-F, at checkout, and you'll get 10% off your purchase of any of the Racing Series wines. Plus, Adobe Road will be giving 10% of this event's sales to UNICEF. As an added bonus, Jeff and David will give everyone joining us a one-year subscription to their Magneto magazine. That's a $72 value. It's like getting an extra bottle of wine for free. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the racing series. So go to adoberoadwines.com, use the code UNICEF today, and join us for a very fast and fun evening. Wednesday, August 26th. Cheers! (laughs) All right, we're back, Kyle. As we continue on this journey we call your life in racing, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that perhaps has meaning for you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tire smoking here on Cars. Yeah, so grab the wheel.
1: (laughs) Yeah, a lot of things, you know, are are, a lot of people have their rituals and their uh, their kind of mindset for racing. But um, for me, it's it's, it's always kind of been, I wouldn't say, uh, no, I'm, I'm not rookie Bobby, but if you're not 1st or last. It's been that kind of mindset of racing and only going for wins and victories. So, and that's, that seems to suit us very well. It seems to push my desire for winning and the, um, the discomfort for a second place or a third place. Or sometimes driving around just to gain points to win a championship at the end of the year. That's not who I am. I've not been born and raised that way. So I tend to do things a little bit differently. I mean, everybody wants to win, but I go out there with the only option being winning. So I like that mindset. It's really fun. Um, It's really a lot of pressure, but I think I've always reacted well under that pressure and I, I, I definitely thrive on it.
0: Well, your history as a racer goes back to when you were a kid. Now, your dad was a racer, right?
1: Yeah, so I grew up around trucks my entire life. Before I was born, my dad had a shop back in, um, uh, Massachusetts and he built, you know, Jeeps and, and, um, scouts and things like that, small roll cages. And, you know, he just slowly developed building cars for customers and he started building roll cages and kind of one thing led to another to go get on a track out in the East coast and then head up to Canada and do some racing out there. And it slowly, uh, escalated throughout the eighties to actual racing. You know, we, he, he took. Himself and his family from Massachusetts and we traveled all the way to Southern California where he met all the big teams, all the big stuff, Walker Evans, Ivan Stewart, and did a lot of racing and got his feet wet working for companies and eventually uh, started building his own trucks. So he uh, he built a shop at home and we lived in Cherry Valley, California for pretty much most of my entire life. And um, yeah, we just built trophy trucks and Dakar trucks and rally cars and Pikes Peak and stock trucks and Three runners, and I mean, you name it, it, it rolled out of this. Wow. You know, 3,000 square foot shop right in our backyard. So we were, uh, there was no way to avoid it really growing <laughs> up.
0: I think it was uh, DNA. You were born with motor oil in your veins. It certainly sounds like it. And then you loved mountain biking. I know you and your brother, and your brother went in to be pro mountain bike racer. So, yeah, definitely that fits your, if you're not first, your last concept in your life. I mean, it sounds like you've just been an aggressive charger. All the while. Well, let's talk more about this racing you do, and for those listeners that aren't familiar with the kind of, and I'll I'll put quotes around the word truck because these trucks that you build and race are nothing like trucks you see on the road. This is a whole nother machine. So. Tell me a little bit more and the listeners about the kind of racing you do. Tell us about these trucks and what makes them so unique. Because when you log into your website, that first video is just, it's insane. It almost doesn't look real (laughs) the way you go around that corner on almost one back right wheel you're doing this power slide drift wheelie. I mean, it's insane. So talk a little bit about what you're doing and, and these insane trucks you're building.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of sports and series kind of base themselves around the stock platform. What we do is similar to kind of a trophy truck, the desert style, full tubular chassis, low or single production vehicles, And they're made to do literally one thing. They're single seat, 12 gallons of gas. So it's not like it's a big, big truck that can go for 100 miles. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking 950 to 1,000 horsepower, six sequential gearboxes, four wheel drive. I mean, carbon fiber panels, three-foot-long shocks, rear-end housing, 35-inch tires. Like, the specs on these things are literally insane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we get to s- strap into it, and it's it's mid-engine. So, where I'm sitting at in the truck is obviously on the left-hand driver's side, but the back of the block is about where my knees are, where the front of the seat is. Mm-hmm. So, it's literally right next to me. So, 4,000-pound rocket ships that are basically – um it's like Supercross for trucks. We're on a, a closed course. About 10 to 15 of us, some of the other classes have more. And it's a green flag. It's a straight up all out battle. It's nothing to do with time, nothing to do with getting to the finish. It's a full on 15 minute, 12 to 13 lap all out war. Wow. But uh,
0: <laughs> Yeah. And that's the best way to describe it when I watch. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And
1: it's a the contact sport. So, yeah. you know, we don't we don't go out looking for contact but it is literally part of the sport so we have tubular chassis big strong stuff and then we have to make them look like a truck uh, mine is currently a four raptor body that i designed and uh it gets smashed it makes me cry every time i bring the thing back and the hood's gone or i roll it over and the entire body is totally destroyed but yeah. the fans love it because they get to go home with a part of the truck <laughs> but uh to yeah. me it's just money flying off it's,
0: it's no fun. Well, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, the incredible amount of work that goes into developing these things, building them, engineering them, and then you go out there and scuff them up quite a bit. And then you come back and you do it again and again. So it's absolutely spectacular. Let me ask you this. I mean, this is such a unique kind of racing and it's just so wild and crazy. But when you think back and you decided you want to get into this, obviously your dad had a lot of inspiration for you when you looked at all the builds he was doing. I mean, racing with greats like Ivan and all these folks back in the day, but what drove you, excuse the pun, <laughs> to want to strap yourself into this kind of a, a vehicle? I get the the desire to go racing, but to choose this particular sport, what intrigues you so much? What fires you up so much every day that gets you out there on the track?
1: Well, you know, through high school and stuff, I, I did I did other sports and then I did RC cars. Um, and that really got me into working and tinkering on, on stuff. And then we got into mountain bikes because, you know, we weren't a super wealthy family. My dad was a race car driver. So, it was uh it wasn't a massive business, but I raced a professional downhill mountain bikes for a while, and, you know, make some money doing that. But the end goal was always to drive trucks. I mean, my dad did it and, and it was just something that I, I desired to be a part of. And I worked, I mean, me and my brother both worked in that shop every day, you know, just like all of his crew. So we were, we were the grunt kids and out cleaning muddy tires and doing all that stuff just to be able to be a part of it. And, uh, it came to a point to where one of my dad's sponsors wanted to be, uh, wanted to get into a category, a smaller class category, and they were looking for a driver. And my dad's like, well, Kyle would love to be a part of it. So oh,
2: wow. we,
1: uh, we literally scrounged parts together on a super, super small budget out of my dad's backyard from old race cars or borrowed wheels from these guys and put a truck together, but there wasn't a lot of money. So we didn't have extra engines on the trailer or spare this or spare that. So if I broke stuff, I I would park it. I would watch. Um, so it was, it was a good learning curve. You know, it taught me to not just be catered and walk to the trailer and get whatever I need and, and keep racing. Uh, it taught me to not make mistakes and take care of my equipment. And, you know, if you break it on Saturday, you don't get to race on Sunday as we normally race two times a weekend. So right. going through those steps was, I think important for me. And obviously it's, being inspired by my dad and our brothers and team and all that was one thing but having the desire to be better than anyone else out there was was what i what i fueled myself with and it was every day in my mind like watching races and watching my dad race because he raced in the pro four category that i race in now and just looking at him and all of his competitors and seeing ways that things could be better and um I buckled down. I did not have a sponsor to race in the big truck class, but I knew how to build cars. So uh, I literally started building a truck before I even had a sponsor. The tubing is not expensive, you know, the time is free. So it was just uh start building a truck and luckily, I mean luckily sponsors lined up and everything came together for my first season in two thousand and eight. I won three races in my first year. Like I it blew me away. I couldn't believe I was racing with the big dogs. I was just stoked to be there, to have sponsors and make a living, and then I was winning races. And then uh, the way they started to look at me as being the youngest dude out there and being a threat was uh, definitely fuel for the fire. And it drove me to, to continue to push the limits all the way until today.
0: Well, that's an awesome story. I mean, roll your sleeves up and get into it. Get dirty, get muddy, get greasy, and make something of your career, and that's exactly what you've done. Awesome story. Now, you mentioned in in that discussion uh, sponsors, of course, and I wanted to talk a little bit about the, the great company, WD-40. They're the ones that connected us to get you on the show today. I know they're a sponsor of yours, and it's one of those iconic brands that, I mean, I don't think anybody doesn't know about WD-40. It's in everybody's garage. But what I found about them is they make a lot more than just... that magic spray they've been making for decades so i'd love for you to chat a little bit about what they mean to you and maybe a couple of the products that you regularly use of theirs that many people may not know about
1: yeah i mean you nailed it on the head i mean who has not seen a blue and yellow can of wd-40 yeah whether it's you know at a walmart or any parts store or even in a grandpa's recycling (laughs) bin that he threw away because he's had it for 35 years but Yeah, yeah um it's everywhere the brand is everywhere and i think you know, to be a part of that brand, um, I can walk into a an AutoZone right now, and there's a kiosk of WD-40 product with my Pro 4 on it. Isn't uh, that cool? To me, that's the first <laughs> yeah. that's the first time I've ever been a part of something like that. So, to be with companies that that use you and what you do and how you do it, I think is super important, and that's what I really love about working with these guys. Is they're not just uh, writing checks. It's not how it works. They want people, and they want teams or drivers that literally get hands-on. And that's a campaign that they ran a little while back, you know, hands-on with WD-40. And it's true. I mean, I work on it. I have crew chief, I have crew members, but at the same token, I know how to work on trucks day in and day out. I literally was just working on my semi outside this morning, changing the belts on it and spraying WD-40, the original can on some of the drive pullers on the front. So, we definitely use it. I have pallets of it. You know, they want me to use it, but the the best thing about it is they struggle to keep up. I mean, we, we use so much of it and we use it literally every single day that uh, it's just a go-to part. You know, you have your toolbox, but you also need all these other tools. You able know, to clean, maintain, prep, all this stuff between races. Yeah. The contact cleaner, they call it a, a carbon throttle body cleaner. is something that we use uh, maybe two cans a day just cleaning, getting everything off. It's such a powerful, good thing. Oh, I love that, that stuff. Yeah. Um,
0: it's so good.
1: Yeah. It's super good. And the different part of it is a lot of people know the blue and yellow can, but now they have this new line called specialist. So they've gone into finer detail on what these products are made for and how they work. And they don't just build them and tell you they're the best. They prove them. They give them to guys like us and their other affiliate, you know, drivers and athletes and, and, workers and they put them to the test we put them to the test and and tell them if they're good they're good if they're bad they need work and they they step up and they go for it i mean we use the grease on a lot of our truck pivots literally everything that moves on our truck we use their multi-purpose grease on it so i mean the, the laundry list of degreasers and spray and stay and all the stuff that these guys make is literally second to none and I'm just pumped to be a part of it and the fact that they're stepping up and going above and beyond just just making the standard can and going into super depth with all these these new things along with their bike line. They have an insane amount of like motorcycle, mountain bike, all those lines that they carry. They're really digging in deep and they're doing their R&D and their research and they're not just filling the shelf with products. They're literally making the best stuff they possibly can. And uh, it's guys like me that prove it, that can guarantee that it will work and stick it on the shelf. Pretty
0: cool. Yeah, it is. You know, there's a great, I'll put a link to uh, a website that Kyle has through WD-40 and uh, it's WD-40.com slash L-E-D-U-C 99, which of course is Kyle's number on his truck backslash. Um, And it's kind of cool because on that you have a picture of your truck flying through the air and then uh, all the different areas of their products that that are usable on your vehicle. And it's always surprised me recently learning more about WD-40, how many different Products they have because you always think of that iconic can, Uh, but there's a lot more to the brand. So I'll make sure to put a link to that on Kyle's show. Check it out; they've got so many cool things, and I've been exploring them in my garage as well too. They're fantastic, Kyle. I would love to talk to you about a big challenge or maybe a big failure you faced along the way in your racing career. You know, racing is a one weekend you're a champ, the next weekend you're a chump. You're as good as your last race, as they say. But tell us of a big challenge you walked through. But the more important part of this story is of course how you came through it and what was that really valuable lesson that it taught you so take us on a little trip if you would
1: yeah of course there's man there's thousands of them you mentioned we had 99 wins as far as this season's gone we've won three more races this year so we're at 102 all right
0: you broke that 100 yeah awesome congratulations
1: yeah pretty oh man it doesn't even seem real but i mean some people struggle and fight and spend millions to win one yeah for me to hold up 102 of them sounds fake, but uh, oh, it's incredible. there was a cool thing that happened back in, uh, well, I guess cool and uncool in 2010, I had a, uh, I had a good, uh, friend that I grew up racing with and we both stepped up and were in the pro core category, you know, top of the sport. We both had different sponsors, so we were highly competitive and it was me and him. It was, it was cutthroat and he had, he had a truck that had a manual gearbox and had about five or six speeds. And then mine had a two speed power glide. And it wasn't cutting it. I mean, the guy was walking me. I mean, Rick Husman, he was one of the best by far. And he just had the driving style that I desired to have and, and wondered why I couldn't drive that way. So I won this big race at the end of the year. I won 30 grand. And, you know, for me at the time, that was 6 million if I won the lottery.
0: Yeah, big money. Yeah.
1: Yeah, huge. So I stepped up and I bought this, this transmission, an X Track six speed sequential gearbox. And I went into the, uh, 2011 season with it and, uh, try to keep it pretty low key and come out with something trick and fast and new. And we're really good friends. So I roll up to the first race and I unloaded up the trailer and my pit was right across from his and they waved, you know, I'm loading out of the trailer. And then I drove it away and with a clutch, you got to let the clutch out and kind of drive your truck away. Right. Uh, The second I did that, they saw it and they all looked at each other like, oh no, that's a manual gearbox. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah. I'll never forget that look because that solidified me as, for one, as a team, two, as an athlete, and three, as a threat. When you pay attention to your competition, it, it means you're looking for something. So yeah. that year, me and him had some of the best battles. I mean, I would outqualify him or he'd outqualify me, but the year before that, I won one race. And, uh, the 2011 season, I i won about five of them. Wow. And it was just a huge step in my driving style. And I was so mad at myself because I could have bought the thing three years ago. Right.
2: right. And,
1: uh, man, he just, he definitely elevated me to that level to perform and, and to push the limits as they build new trucks. I try to change mine and try to keep up. And, yeah. Once we leapfrogged him, that was a big step for me. And, uh, sadly he him and his uh, younger brother and their best friend um died in a plane crash that year oh no um yeah so it was it was a bit bittersweet but it was really cool the last interview that we had together i beat him in arizona and he's there holding his little baby and uh wow the interview that he gave was just about me and him he's like man it was so cool out there racing with kyle like we checked out from everybody else and me and him were just up there flying and yeah, it's very rare to get that in, in such a competitive nature. So oh, it was course. really fun to do that and be a part of that. But, um, that was just one thing that I feel like I stepped up and, and took a risk. And, uh, even till this day, I still have that same gearbox in it and it's still winning me races. And it's wow. yeah, one of the, one of those big steps that changed my career for, for the better
0: for sure. You know what a story and and my condolences for losing a friend like that, a competitor, someone that you held in high esteem and you strive to to compete with and eventually beat. I mean it's so sad that that we lost him and his family. It's beyond words. Part of this story, though, shares a really valuable lesson for those out there in any kind of field or business. Many, many decades ago, one of my first clients when I was a young advertiser was Tony Robbins, the motivational speaker. It was just when he was first starting out. And he's a very charismatic guy, to say the least, super successful uh, in being out there and inspiring people to do better with their lives. And he taught me a really valuable lesson that your story reminded me of, Kyle, and that was this. He said, look, Mark, no need to reinvent the wheel. Look at successful people, do what they're doing, but do it in your own way. And you'll be successful. There's a lot of lessons to be learned from people who've already figured it out. So don't waste a lot of time trying to figure out something different and new. Don't reinvent the wheel. And it sounds like that's something that your friend and your competitor taught you as well. What a story. Fantastic. Let's take a short break. We're going to thank our sponsors here. and we come back, I want to dive a little deeper into your personal passion for cars, Kyle. Uh, Try to get a little bit more understanding of that passion and where it started. So we'll be right back. Stay buckled up. We're going to have some fun. and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. And don't miss my weekly podcast with Keith Martin titled Buy, Sell, Hold. It's the essence of collecting. We talk to the movers and shakers in the collector car world. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at sportscarmarket.com. That's an exclusive offer from Cars yeah. and guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH, and you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right, $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. Let's step away from the conversation to talk about our charity of choice here at Cars yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through automotive-related events, Car shows and drives. Among those nonprofits is RPM Foundation, a terrific organization working to keep our favorite collector cars on the road. RPM was created to ensure that the specialized skills needed to care for classic automobiles, boats, and motorcycles continue to be passed down from generation to generation. They do this by supporting training for young people with a passion for restoration and setting them up with mentors who can share their valuable knowledge. So far, they've awarded more than $3.5 million to restoration education projects across 35 states. Incredible. To learn more about RPM or to donate to their mission, visit www.rpm.foundation. You'll be glad you did. All right, we're back. I'd love for you to share a story with me that instigated this passion for cars. Now, you kind of, in racing, you've already done this in a way because of growing up with your dad and so forth. But sometimes people grow up with parents that do one thing and they want to do the opposite, not for you. But was there that pivotal moment in your life, that moment when you went, you know what, I want to be a racer. That's what I'm going to be. What was that specific moment as you remember it?
1: Um, I, I can't really pinpoint that there was one. But I think the biggest drive was, I mean, it was, it had definitely pros and definitely cons was being competitive with my brother, uh-huh. having an older brother, Todd, and a younger sister, Valerie, but me and me and Todd definitely, uh, got super competitive in the mountain bike world. We traveled together. We did everything together, but on our way home, it was always, yeah, well I did this and yeah, I did that. And where's your medal, and where's your podium and all that kind of smack <laughs> talk. Yeah. And, uh, it was good and there was times when it got ugly and but at at the same point i think it drove us both to to not only have you know competition within the sport but just within our daily regimen i mean we'd wake up and be like hey let's go ride you know ride the local trails or go do this or that yeah. and uh some of it was for fun but a lot of it was being better than the other
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i think i think that drove the the competitive side but i think the biggest thing that really Got me into the automotive stuff was i used to, I used to paint helmets and r c cars, and I used to do that because i I like art and I like designing when I would walk out to my dad's shop, there was you know educated people there there was himself running the whole show, and there, sometimes there was ten to twelve employees there, and you know we were just his kids coming in and I started looking at these trucks and started looking at this and watching that and and uh I started to get an opinion on things and to me and and some of my dad's employees were supportive of it. You know, we were thinking along those lines and they liked what I was saying and this, that, and the other. And but I was still just a kid. So it got to a point where I started to uh just get out into the shop and, and get my hands dirty and build random panels or random things for bicycles or my street truck. I built bumpers for my my street truck in high school and a bunch of stuff to really just start to get my mind wrapped around what looks good, what works good, and what is good for our sport. And then I think my dad, you know, we butted heads on a lot of things. He's very, very old school and very adamant about this worked for me back in 95, and it's going to work for me in 2005. I agree with that, but at the same token, I think that was a bit of a pain in the butt with him. And I always use the word why. You know, my little <laughs> son uses it on me right now, and sometimes oh, yeah. it gets quite annoying. <laughs> sure. But it's like he's telling me that if, this is what one way works, and this is how it's going to be. And I go, "But why? Why can't you do something else?" Well, it just doesn't work. Well, yes, it will. Tell me why it won't. And I think you know there was moments where those discussions got heated, and you know. Get out of the shop, or you know, <laughs> yes, leave me alone. Yeah. Pretty of, typical
0: dad son stuff, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm living it now with my little boy. But yeah. it's uh, he got to the point where he started to okay, well, let's try it. Let's do this. Let's change that. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple of trucks, he really let me kind of play with, and um, they turned out really, really well. And I think that really opened the the gamut for me getting involved and me seeing that what I what I see when I walk into the shop isn't just a random kid uh, wanting to make something cool. It, it's actually something that can make a car faster, make a car better, more efficient. So it really started getting me excited about walking into a shop and working on a race car. You know, never mind not even thinking about driving them, just about making them and making them look better and perform better than the rest. So that definitely drove me. For sure. Yeah, the
0: comp- the, the competition that, that goes on there is a great motivator, for sure, for innovation. And that generational uh, challenge is just iconic. It happens every generation, and it will continue to. <laughs> and that's how things and people get pushed to change. It's a great story. Uh, let's have a little bit of fun. What was that first really special race car that you got in? I know you've raced several different kinds of trucks, but what was the one that you strapped yourself into and you thought to yourself, man, I can't believe I'm finally here. What was that that racer?
1: Man, there I mean, even like, you know, my first race was the 1997 Baja 1000. That was the first race where my name was on the side of the car. I've been in the car a couple of times with my dad and, and, uh, riding in smaller races, but 97 Baja 1000 was the first time I drove this, uh, class seven S4 Ranger. It didn't go well. I drove my section the other guy drove, and we ended up breaking. But that, you know, that was a, a, a big moment for me to walk up to a race car and, you know it wasn't the best by any means, but it had my name on it, and it wasn't time to prove myself, but it was like all right this this is my chance to go do this you know I took it you know as serious as I could, but at the same time tried to have as much fun with it as I could, but all of this stuff escalated throughout the years and the and the top category in the desert racing is trophy truck, you know, and this it's the man they're half a million dollar race cars oh, I know. maybe they're even insane. more
2: yeah.
1: Right. So I've, I've luckily been able to get into them a couple of times, be it, you know, just being with my dad or if it was just the results from our short course stuff, but a couple of guys have thrown me the keys to run these things. And, um, I've taken massive risks by doing it and driving it the way I want. But I think, uh, I got to race the, uh, Riviera trophy truck. It's kind of an iconic old Robbie Gordon truck. Mm-hmm. And I think in the 2000s, I think the 2016 Baja 1000. I qualified first wow. for the bottom 1,000. I have all the trophy trucks, and the truck was about 25 years old. Oh, my uh, gosh. That was in 2017. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, it was old. But, I mean, we did a bunch of updates. It wasn't, a, it wasn't junk by any yeah. means. But, yeah. And Robbie Gordon had his new trucks, and I beat him with his old trucks. And he was proud <laughs> of it, but not at yeah. the same time. Yeah, of course, yeah. But that year, I got to start the ball 1,000, first on the road, first car out of town, and it ran along the beach. And I mean, there's helicopters flying along the side of you. You're splashing through the beach, like in one of the coolest trucks ever. Like that was probably one of the biggest moments where I'm like, I'm actually the guy that gets to drive this truck. And I'm doing it. I'm doing it well. And and, yeah, yeah, I literally, I went off the first jump, leaving the start line, the bottom thousand. I stuck my hands out the windshield just, just to, uh, I try to live it up. I mean, obviously I'm there to do one thing and that is to win, but, man, if I don't remember it, I don't put the moments in my brain by the time I'm 75 something years old, I may forget all this stuff. So, um, nice (laughs) trying to have fun and trying to trying to make big moments so that it's important for me and and fun for me while trying to be as professional
0: and fast as possible. Yeah. Capturing those brief moments. Definitely. Otherwise life becomes a big blur. I'm going to crawl into your brain a little bit here, Kyle. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a race vehicle let's say in your shop you were actually manifest as one not what you want to be but take your personality traits and put them into a race vehicle what would kyle be and why
1: into a race vehicle huh um yeah. yeah i mean i i've i have dreams of building this trophy truck that i i know doesn't exist and i know won't exist unless i build it so that's definitely my dream end goal and my my you know, lifelong favorite car is the DeLorean. Um, I was fortunate enough to own one for a little while. Yeah. And uh, if I could turn one of those into some kind of a drifting or land speed car or something cool with a DeLorean, I would be all about it. (laughs)
0: Yeah. You've taken me to a cool place. That car doesn't exist, so I technically
1: have to make it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You you went down a a path I had no idea we were going to go down. A DeLorean <laughs> slash trophy truck. Right. Right. I can't wait for you to build that. That's going to be insane. What, <laughs> what a cool path. And well, thank you for thinking that one through. That's very cool. Well, listen, we're going to dive into what I call the last lap. You've been here many times, white flags out, time to really get your foot into it. I'm going to ask you to give me some real quick kind of answers here, blips of that DeLorean trophy trick throttle. That's a, that's a very cool thought. And uh, we'll walk through these really quick. What's one of your personal habits, Kyle, that you think has contributed to your many wins and successes in racing?
1: Um, man, obviously, you know, preparation is key, you know, for, for our sport and to to have a race car, that is massive key. So obviously lining up with the right, the right team and the right guys to do it is very important. But at the same time, I just try to try to enjoy it. I try to be pretty lighthearted. You know, there's massive stress. There's major companies, there's major results expected, but I hope, I think I'm one of the calmest guys out there that just, just is out there. Literally just enjoying it.
0: How about if I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased? Who would it be?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a tough one. I mean everybody a lot of people talked about obviously the number three, Earnhardt. Yeah. And some of the moves that I put on guys, they've called it that something Earnhardt would do or <laughs> or something like that. Were no means the bully he was, but I think I think he definitely would be somebody uh cool to sit down and chat with and show him some of the stuff that we do and and he would laugh and say oh yeah we'll look at stuff i've done i nice. think that'd be a pretty big name and obviously you know my lost buddy rick huseman it'd be cool to sit down and show him where we are today and yeah what the sport's like today but uh no doubt yeah there's a couple guys that'd be cool there's probably a lot of really cool guys to sit down and talk to but i don't know man we're we're definitely gearheads in an off-road world so there's not many mm-hmm. people to compare what we do with Besides the fact that we love racing and horsepower. So,
0: yeah, well, I'll tell you, uh, not too long ago, one of my guests here on Cars. Yeah, was Kelly Earnhardt Miller. Kelly is the daughter of, uh, uh, Mr. Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt, and she runs her brother's team, Junior Racing. Uh, she just wrote a great book about growing up uh, in her father's shadow and what that was like called Drive. So uh, you listeners will have to go back. And Kyle, if you want to listen to her talk, really uh, great woman, intelligent, smart, running a racing team, a winning racing team. Uh, very interesting talk I had with Kelly. How about the best automotive advice someone else or racing advice someone else ever offered you? What were those words of wisdom and and who did it?
1: Obviously, my dad's put a lot of thoughts into my head about, you know, what to do and how to do things, um, as well as my mom. She was supportive, too, during all this and then kept our, mind, you know, our heads on straight and kept me and my brother out of trouble. And there's always those, you know, inspiring uh, moments. But um, I don't know. My dad made a movie when we were growing up, and he was one of the first off-road movies, and it was called Never Left. There's always this, there's this track in Wisconsin that we go do called Crandon. Uh, Brings in about 50,000 people a year. It's our biggest race of the year. And uh, there's a turn one. You come down straight away at about 100, 105, and you throw it into this blind right-hand downhill corner. And uh, I remember always sitting on the radio talking to my dad as a spotter and telling him, come on, come on, full throttle, don't lift, don't lift, because the guys were right next to him or behind him or trying to get the whole shot from the start line. And we always used to say that, you know, don't lift, don't lift and hold it wide. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's obviously massive pressure. And of course I'm just this punk little kid telling him to go full throttle through a corner. <laughs> right. Yeah. But then the tables turned about three years ago, three or four years ago. Uh, my dad goes all of our races still as he's kind of retired and he was up in the spotter's tower and I was going through my practice runs and, and the truck wasn't feeling good or I wasn't fully committed. We came back in about three or four laps. And he's like, how did it feel? Am I pretty good? He's like, oh, yeah. Well, I heard you lifting every time you turned one. And I, <laughs> I put my head down. I'm like, oh, you, you, got you me. sucker. You got me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And uh, so we we tuned and adjusted the truck and got it faster. And I came back. I was like, how was that? On the rev limiter, 105 miles an hour, he nodded his head, gave him the nod. There you go. So, yeah, he's
0: always had that never lift mentality. And, and that's,
1: uh, you know, a term that we throw around quite a
0: bit around the shop. I love it. Never lived. Works in many aspects of life. Now, I always ask my guests about a great resource. We'd be remiss again to to not mention WD-40. And I, and I want to bring them up, them up again because, of course, they were kind enough to put us together. Uh, they're a big sponsor of yours. So uh, maybe another quick little word you can say about that brand. And I'll ask it this way. Since they have so many great products, and you mentioned a couple when we mentioned them before, if you had to pick maybe just your top three forty. Products, which would
1: they be? Obviously, I mean, we we all go to the uh, the standard blue and yellow can. You know, it's something that we've all used. I like I said, I literally was using it like three hours ago, working on my semi. They've morphed all that into different different sizes, different shapes. But the the one that we use is obviously the the W forty specialist brand, the the carbon throttle body cleaner. It's literally our go to tool. I mean, we we use it to clean our tools, to clean our race truck, to clean stuff around the shop, even the house. And it's definitely something that we use cases and cases of. But as soon as our truck comes back, as soon as anything comes back into this yard, it's got to get cleaned after road trips and all that stuff. So they have two or three different uh, types of degreasers that we use. Um, They have an aerosol. They have a non-aerosol. Like The amount of options that this company is putting out for all of us is insane because they don't want you to see a roadblock or see a reason to not use it. If you have a a purpose for any of their products, they want to try to outfit every aspect that you would use it. So I think what I really dig about these guys and what they're doing is, is just the way that they're, they're blending all of this. Obviously it's science. I mean, I don't know how to make this stuff, but these guys obviously haven't figured out. And the way they're using it in marketing, I think is important too. They're not just going for the big, uh, superstars and, and paying, you know, Brad Pitt a ton of money to hold a can of WD forty. Yeah, they they find the right people to to use them and, and to not just show you uh some cheesy little shot of them spraying it on a brake rotor. It's us taking it apart, you know, spraying it on your hands, spraying it on the caliper when it's off and on your table and putting it back in your car and driving it down the street with your family in it it's uh <laughs> yeah. they want the people that are going to use it. And I literally have every single thing that wd-40 has and i have a giant shelf that i use all of it and once you have all those tools it's literally like having a giant toolbox full of snap-on tools once you have everything you need then you're limitless i mean you want to work on this you want a dry lube for that your chain on your forklift the slide up door and your shot on like you have everything and they make everything that you need to work on literally everything so that's off to them and all their r&d team for for tackling this massive amount of uh, industrial needs and they definitely supply it.
0: I know. It's so cool. I was using some of their products on my garage door. It was starting to sound a little funky and uh spray the chain that pulls the thing up. And all of a sudden it's like, Whoa, it's like a whole new door. I mean, <laughs> this is amazing. Kyle, we're up to the checkered flag. We're almost there. And I want to ask you this question. Today's kind of a fun day for you because I'm going to buy you a very cool, fun collector car. Could be anything. Could be a vintage racer. could be something that you would just drive and enjoy. doesn't matter. But here are the rules. Since I'm the sponsor in this case, I'm writing the big checks. You can't sell it to fund your racing team. I want it to be a keeper. I want you to enjoy it and drive it. But here's the key. It's the only one cool, fun vehicle you can have in your garage so this could be anything from a little trail 70 that reminds you of being a kid or all the way up to a ferrari gto what could i buy a kyle today i'd
1: have to say uh delorean dmc12 um i think uh that would be my my hot rod i i had the like an original stock style maybe the straight out of the movie themed one with the the flux capacitor and all the all the ins and outs on it but that's definitely uh (laughs) i've got the I've got the scale models in my, in my office and that would be pretty insane to walk into a garage and, uh, fire that thing up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you hit 88 miles an hour and you went back in time or into the future, (laughs) wherever you might want to go. So
1: (laughs) I've taken my old one and driven it down the street with the doors up, uh, (laughs) down the slow streets, you know, cruising. And it's crazy. I don't know if you've ever been in one, but when you're sitting in the car, um, you're really low in it. Yeah. And, um, If you pop the doors up, you can literally reach over a little bit and drag your hand on the ground there. Oh, yeah. They look they're low, but they don't look low and they get a little Renault V6 in them. They're not rocket ships by any means, but they're just just cool cars. There's something cool about them.
0: Yeah, I got to sit in. I've sat in a couple and I've never been able to drive one. I sat in one that they have at the California Automobile Museum in uh, Sacramento, which was pretty cool uh carly Starr there and their new uh director have both been guests on the show and then i was down in the vault at the peterson museum they have a gold plated one that i got to sit in which is pretty crazy uh so if you've ever been to peterson yeah they've got one that's gold plated it's just nuts so uh there you go maybe i'll deliver that gold plated one to you that becomes all right all right (laughs) there you go perfect kyle you've taken me on a fun ride i knew this would be a blast going off-road riding with you is always an adventure thank you for sharing your life and your journey before I let you go, though, could you maybe offer our listeners one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the roadway in that DeLorean?
1: <laughs> I guess, you know, if I could give any words of wisdom, it would be obviously do what you want. You know, you're never, you're never stuck doing something that you, you don't need to do or don't want to do. There's always an option to to fall in love with something and, and make it a part of your life. And what we've done with off-road trucks is definitely a unique and a small niche world. But the atmosphere, the people, everybody involved with off-road racing is uh great people to be around and it's truly inspiring but i i just push and strive to enjoy every moment i do this for a living i feed my family with this but if i don't enjoy it or take the time to sit there and enjoy it then it just becomes a job becomes a hassle and it becomes a world full of pressure and uh i think um just taking two steps back and really looking at what you're doing and what you have and what you're building And just enjoy it. Take two seconds out of a day, enjoy what you're doing, and you will be happy for sure.
0: Secret sauce to life. Hey, what's the best way for our listeners to keep up with you and follow along with what you're doing?
1: Several ways. I mean, obviously, you mentioned that link through WD-40. You know, I have a lot of content with Monster Energy Drink, Toyota Tires, all these companies that support us. But um, if you want to look at some of the stuff that we do and follow along on our journey, at KyleLaduke99 on Instagram and, and Facebook is where we put up our daily our daily stuff and uh all of our links to all of our sponsors and product use and videos. I mean we just did this sick new video with WD forty that's gonna be coming out soon doing some new product release. So we are uh constantly feeding this world content to be able to follow along and enjoy what we do. So there you go. Yeah, start there. Check us out. We have a website, 99 DUC dot com. Yep. And uh, it's got links to all of our races, our live feeds, sponsors, and swag and stickers. So check it out and just be a part of it. Enjoy what we do.
0: Absolutely. I'll make sure I put all these links on Kyle's show notes page. Just go to com, type in Kyle, L E capital D U C. And you'll find everything there. Kyle, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your incredible fun, incredibly fun life, racing. Until you and I talk again, I wish you the best. I'll see you down the road.
1: Thank you very much. It's been good. Appreciate
0: it. You're welcome.